What up, it's your boy, the Mark Rob, aka Sean Matt Love, aka Gordon Darks, aka 4i Willie, aka Pacey Twitter, coming at you with Deleted Scenes Episode 8. These deleted scenes stem from roughly December of 2020 and around January 2021. Uh, we cover a bevy of topics, stuff that did not make the official episodes, but still good, entertaining, and thought provoking nonetheless. So, kick back, enjoy. We will be back with a regular episode next week. Until then, peace. I would also just like to shout out to everyone in college uh, who used to have to deal with me hand doing my laundry. Uh, you used to well, hand do laundry I used to hand college. do a lot of my laundry. I still hand do a lot of my laundry, but I don't do it in a public bathroom anymore. Uh, Damn, girl. But a lot of the laundry I would hand do, I would do while singing the one bathing suit that your grandma Otter wore. So shout out to everyone in college for not <laughs> murdering me. Uh, why do you hand do your laundry still it's better for the elastic uh, i guess uh i'm a guy i don't have to worry about elasticity so yeah. oh see like i i like things that fit me like in the shoulders or the waist or you know i buy things because i like how they fit me and i try to maintain that fit through through you know minimal abuse of clothing they had a general cycle for that <laughs> uh, just fucking with you. Man. They don't Rip. have general cycle for that? Okay. Rip. Oh, man. Live Disney animated takes. Since nothing is sacred, oh. if more nickels can be shooken out of them. At Disney, nothing is sacred. But did you ever see the um the Lion King with Beyonce fiance? Uh yeah, I reviewed it. My memory shot, yo. But tell the people your thoughts on Lion King. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you've ever seen or enjoyed the Lion King, stay the fuck away from the new remake. Uh it is Almost shot for shot, and all of the things that they choose to add are nonsensical and add nothing to the plot. They remove several of the songs and replace them with Beyonce going, ah, while they, like, run over weird Sahara shots, which, like, fine, Beyonce is talented, but, like, her concept album is better than the movie even came close to being. Uh, Also, real-life lions, like, don't have large cartoonish eyes and eyebrows or mouths that open very much, so it's not like they can express or talk uh john oliver is fine as zazu uh and billy eichner is fine as timon but the rest of the the storytelling voice acting cast is bad uh be prepared as a mumble rap now uh oh wow yeah uh uh also like they had they had a perfectly good childish gambino right there and you know what they did? Beyonce riffing all over him. He doesn't get to sing. He doesn't get to do anything. Man. <laughs> like, it's... And also, oh, by the way, they try to add all these weird, like, female empowerment subplots, like they tried to do with uh, Beauty and the Beast. And, like, at one point, <laughs> Beyonce says, and I shit you not, this is the inflection, Lions attack! And it sounds like a bad Sailor Moon dub. Nice. <laughs> and also, let's not forget that Scar's not actually the bad guy now. It's actually the female hyena. She's, like, actually, like, the evil mastermind. And Scar is in her debt. And, 
whatever and it's never explained or like given any adequate time so it's just confusing now oh let's also not forget the time that we follow a tuft of hair through several creatures digestive systems for no reason Uh, whoa it's the circle of digestive system circle of shit literally and figuratively like i will just say the first sequence of the movie looks like if you dropped the the animated opening you know into a real engine (laughs) and that's pretty cool yeah and then that part ends. <laughs> and there's still almost two hours of movie left. Ooh, doggy. That's, that's what you want in the movie. And I don't know. Like, Timon is like, they turn Timon into like just a gay hairdresser. I mean, what else could Timon be? <laughs> and like, Pumbaa is kind of his on again, off again stoner boyfriend. Hilarious. But it doesn't make it feel current. It feels like it's trying to be Will and Grace. Oh. Which is like not current anymore. This is not current at all anymore. So, like, it doesn't work. And it really draws attention to the fact that. Timon and Pumbaa's dynamic is flawed and bad. Like, the idea of, like, oh, just pretend it's not happening. But they're the only likable characters in the whole thing. (laughs) So it's, like, really hard. So you're saying is Disney doesn't know how to do much with their properties these days? I just, we don't need it like that. Is there anything from Disney that we need? I would love like some like I really liked Moana. I really liked a lot of the music in Frozen 2. I thought there were some very powerful storytelling choices in there. I think telling challenging children's stories through the lenses of fairy tales uh is a is a good thing and i feel like disney is getting closer and closer to that all the time uh moana is one of the first movies that i feel really tackles like the grief that i felt when my nanny who raised me passed away in a way that felt productive and important um that's real that's real and i still can't watch that movie without crying oh so i think that Disney needs to use its toolkit to tell good stories and not ones they've already told. Like, I get that Moana has a lot of, like, princess tropes, but she doesn't end up married at the end. She doesn't even have a boyfriend. She follows much more of a hero's journey narrative, but it's not easy. Yeah. And she gives up and the narrative says, that's okay. You're a child and this is way too much to ask of a child. It's okay to go home. Yeah. And like, that's huge. Well, I guess, I mean, Coco. Yeah. was another another good story that came through. I mean, it was Disney Pixar, but. It's still the Disney corporate branding on it. So Inside Out. Did you ever see? Well, I guess they're bastardized in these live remakes. Did you ever see Milan? The new one. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, we I uh, I boycotted it entirely because of the abuse of Uyghur labor. Oh, I, I was going to say it was a movie involving this Chinese characters. But it wasn't dubbed in Chinese. <laughs> yeah, it should have been simul shot in Chinese and English. Bro, that's how do you miss a layup like that? Like that's that's literally the basic 
Like, dude, bro. I have, I have no idea. I've got none ideas. So um, it's, and you it's know, a, the, you know, the funny thing is, Disney can't even use the argument of how they don't know if new IP will work. Like they're fucking Disney. Like, Frozen, printed money. Yeah, Moana, like, printed money. Like, I just I don't get it. I just don't do not get it. I mean, the short answer is, new ideas are hard and expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I say this while listening to the Armageddon soundtrack. Let us not forget Armageddon, also produced by by Disney through Touchstone. I mean, hey, man, that's that's a that's a classic in sci-fi cinema right there. So, <laughs> can we cover like what is it? Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, and what's that other like weird event movie they made? Uh, well, Michael Mann specifically, or just. Because Deep Impact is the... So Deep Impact and Armageddon came out the same year, but Deep Impact is actually the, the serious movie. But um, Armageddon... Uh, Did I tell you, when I was at Disneyland Paris, I had an opportunity to go to the Armageddon stunt show oh, that was still was. running in 2018, and I didn't go. You fumbled the bag on that one. Like you, you needed to have gone to that. Like we need Tenet. We need someone from Tenet to send you back just so you can go through the experience. Like, I am such an idiot. <laughs> I mean, hey man. I legitimately, like wound up like driving back from a bar one night pre-pandemic. And I was in the back of an Uber, like, God, and this, I, I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I'd miss you, babe. And I don't want to miss a thing was playing in the Uber. And I was literally in the back of the Uber, like hands on the side of my head. Like I could, uh, I could, uh, I could have witnessed this. Like I was like, I'm sure it probably looked like to everyone who like drove by and looked in the window. Like I looked like I was in like some sort of tortured novel. I mean, like, you should have been. It was appropriate. But I, instead, I was just like, I could have seen the Armageddon stunt show. Like, no oh, one man. was dead. No one was hurt. I was just mad. I didn't go to the Armageddon stunt show. I mean, a part of me died just hearing this story. I'm sorry. So. Also, the wait was so long. Why wouldn't it be? Why are you surprised? Armageddon, what are you talking about? Um... <laughs> Everyone wants to see a Bruce Willis lookalike. Like, it's no secret. <laughs> well, except the he, 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 none of the characters are in it. Oh, it's a new story? Oh, shit. No, 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 no. It's a bunch of guys in button downs that are like, hello, we're the visual effects team for Armageddon. I mean, explaining to you, like, how they made things. Hey, it's, it's better than nothing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> It's better. It's better than not going. I yeah, I have so many regrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. X Men takes. How was your day? All right. Uh, very not busy. Weirdly. That's good. Are you guys slowing down? Uh, yes. Somehow. Um. <laughs> Everyone is telling me that we we shouldn't be, but we are. Oh. To the point where, as a team today, we group watched three episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race and only had to pause three times. Hilarious. How was the episode? Uh, it was great. Uh, season five is my favorite season. Uh, <laughs> except for maybe season seven. Season seven was pretty good, too. Um, and, like, I... I... Uh, I'm really grateful that I apparently have uh, two co-workers who share the same niche interests as me. That's cool, though. That's cool. Is it the show or some other interest? It's the show. Okay. And and I would say drag generally. Okay. Is a is the drag scene uh, pretty good in Boston? I don't even. No. I would say it's decent. Um, there have been a couple of queens on RuPaul's Drag Race who are from Boston originally, uh, including Katya, who's my favorite. Okay. 
is she a favorite because she's from Boston? Nope. Um, I fell in love with her before I knew where she was from. Okay. So the stars happen to be in line that she's from Mass. Yeah. The the vibes are impeccable. Hilarious. That's cool, man. Have you had any other adventures since we last spoke? Um, I like sat outdoors like eight feet away from someone briefly for dinner on their birthday. Okay. Got my hair got my hers did. Oh, that was good. It was like nice to see a person and this person lives completely alone. So like I know they haven't really seen anybody. Is your hair red? Uh it's like magenta, but in a lot of the yellow toned lights it looks like red. So hang on. So you can see it's kinda the back is purple. So it's like Magneto from X-Men show colors. Yes, except if Magneto was like more of a purple red. Okay. Like it's it's not quite as red as it looks in this light. Okay. Like, let me see if I can. But not dissimilar, no. And he has one of my favorite color schemes, so. <laughs> like, my boy, but... Uh, Professor X or Magneto. For for what? For morals? For aesthetics? For what? Anything your heart desires. I would rather sleep with Michael Fassbender. I mean, who wouldn't? But I mean, I mean. Um, I guess I would say that generally speaking, I've always admired that Magneto is not nearly as presumptuous in thinking he knows people as Professor X, uh, specifically the way that Professor X has treated and commodified um, Mystique okay. has always bothered me. Oh, sharply that a little bit more. Um, so the idea that, like, I love you, but why can't you be normal? <laughs> okay. I love everything about you that makes you unique, but could you be a little less unique, please? Okay. Uh, has really always rubbed me the wrong way, especially considering that he's meant to be extrapolating the joy of being unique onto a generation of children. Yeah. But that won't fly for him as, like, a romantic lead. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I I hate that. Um, because I... Like, listen, Magneto's got a lot of problems, but he sees mystique and he says i love you because of what you are not in spite of what you are yeah and professor x says i love you for what you could be and in spite of what you are magneto never slept with and it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be that level of love no 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 oh yeah i definitely know that but I was just wondering because I never, I never thought they did. So I mean, it depends sure. on the comic canon. Oh, uh, there, there's multiple ones where they do get together. I don't know if there's multiple where they get together, but I'm sure there's at least one. I honestly don't keep super close track of X Men anymore because it started to give me a headache. Who um, oh, gave you the headache? The multiple time jumps. Yeah, uh, and also, uh, what is it? Snowflake and Safe Space. Well, you have to understand, as as a member of the generation that they're meant to be parodying, who identifies as redacted, 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 uh, I didn't think that was the most sensitive way to handle something that clearly had good intentions behind it. Yeah. Uh, by turning it into a parody of itself, I don't think that's a fair way to treat the comic reading youth. I would agree, yes. Um, especially because, like, when they were like, I guess we have to have a gay X-Man. They were like, y'all like Iceman, right? Is that what the gays like? And it's like... Hilarious. Could have been a bit more thoughtful than that. Yeah. You know, don't just whack somebody with the gay label. Because the thing that's so beautiful about people is that, like, there are very effeminate men who exist who are very straight. Yeah. You know, there are very masked guys who exist who are very queer, and those are all beautiful people on a beautiful spectrum. 
So to take the X-Men, who are a metaphor for all the ways in which people are unique and all the ways that people have been discriminated against, and to only, well, I won't say only, but to often play heavily on cliches, it's just a little icky. And I think they've, they've, they've rotated through uh, better and worse on that. You know, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. It largely depends who's writing. Um, so yeah, I think that, that the X-Men rotate in and out of being decent representation. And also, like, the, the queer label and the feminist label are not the only labels with which to look at it, right? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that always made me so angry about the movies, uh, I think it's in Days of Future Past, but I honestly don't remember which one it was. Uh, Darwin, who's a, an amazing x-men his power is fascinating the idea that he can evolve to avoid death continuously yeah uh is black and immediately murdered (laughs) (laughs) you know x-men has always meant to be an allegory for acceptance and care and the idea that magneto is essentially a supremacist I, like a, a a white supremacist is not a one to one allegory here, but like a supremacist, the idea that these are this is the ruling class is is a villain story, except yeah. when it isn't. Yeah, he's not a villain. Um, and I would say that generally, when he's portrayed as a genocidal maniac, maybe maybe he's a villain. But when he is offering an alternative to I'll help hide you in society to I'll help you be comfortable with who you are. Yeah. That's more desirable, right? Yeah. Cause my, my only experience in seeing Magneto, it's for the very most part, it's about, well, I don't want to be killed for being a mutant. So, you know, let's try killing the people that are trying to kill us. So you know even even then it's excusable but like mass murder is not necessarily the way forward here there is something to be said for the fact that professor x is willing to be like listen by saying you want to kill them all you realize this is why you're afraid of them they're afraid of you right yeah you know professor x has the optics he has that that foresight right he's like all right this is how we if if he were a politician and his party was like the X party, then he would be a really good politician. Yeah. But Magneto would be his ideas guy. And he'd be the one who would have to be like, okay, we got to rein this in a little bit because your message of acceptance is great, but your message of genocide is less great. So like, let's figure out where, where the line between fear and love is and try to walk on it. You know what I mean? And I think that oftentimes people think that (laughs) Professor X is fear, or I'm sorry, Magneto is fear and Professor X is love. Yeah. But Professor X is love with an asterisk. Um, And I think that's really personified in how he treats Mystique. And I know that doesn't bother some people as much as it bothers me, but like he wants to to possess mystique more than he wants to treat her with the with the way that she with with the love and the care that she deserves to be treated with and and like listen he ends up in a wheelchair and like permanently disfigured for that so like i get he learns his lesson clearly but like listening to her asking him to respect her boundaries should have been his way to learn that not being cosmically punished for not doing that. Yeah. What's your favorite piece of X-Men art? That's a really good question. Um, in, in the comic sense, uh, I would have to say the picture that was circulating around Facebook and, and Twitter and whatever, where all of the X-Men are at a protest, and it, it's almost like a, a mutant pride uh, where they all are are kind of 
standing up to people, almost Westboro Baptist type people who are clearly trying to shut them down. Um, in the like lives up to my sensibilities sense, uh, there's a really great piece of art that's like a punch out of Storm uh, at Universal Studios for her attraction there. And I always have found Storm to be like, maybe just from like hair to costume to power posing the most aesthetically pleasing ex person. Uh, so I love seeing her standing alone above this kind of cartoon cityscape holding, holding herself, you know, I think that that is a very powerful look. I think mine is just the Wolverine meme of him caressing the picture frame and then people just inserting whatever they want to that. Oh, I also like that one where Jean Grey is dying and Scott is holding her and it's always like, the jambalaya had too many spices like that. <laughs> I'm into that. I I feel so odd because I really wanted to cosplay Rogue before I met Crystal and now I just feel like I can't. I mean... It's not for me anymore. Hey, man, you can do anything you put your mind to. I mean, I could do it, but, like, why would I do it if I literally know Rogue? I mean, Pam... Like, do you dress up as your friends? Like, no. I mean, paying homage to your friends. I mean, paying homage to someone that's paying homage. I mean... I mean, I think think at this point it's just, I'm Jubilee. My powers are sparkles. I'm bright colored. (laughs) It's fine. Like... What is her power? Is it just to make sparkles? Um, I think she basically makes like fireworks because she can use them to like blow stuff up, like small stuff. So she's a Chinese girl slash woman. Well, okay. She also wasn't always Chinese. Oh, she wasn't? No, she, she started as white with black hair or at least with not like comically and i mean that in the sense of comic booky not uh like funny uh asian features okay and then as time went on she kind of was like oh like chinese chinese are the first people to do fireworks uh, yeah that's, that's that's how i was getting at. is like, she is she asian and everyone was like i mean we don't have one yet so i mean it's i mean as disingenuous as it might be i kind of appreciate that they were like can we just make somebody we have who has a mythology already also happen to be like asian american instead of making like someone and listen i love cindy moon from silk a lot (laughs) but like her name is Cindy Moon and she's Korean. I mean. And she wasn't even in Into the Spider-Verse. Happy four year anniversary. Well, two year two anniversary. Year. So four. So you know, like just do do better. <laughs> is do the, better. Is that the advice for 2020? Just do better. I think my advice for 2020 is like go ahead and impress me like yeah try maybe maybe try is the advice for 2020 <laughs> bill nye named real bill nye and bill nye's music producer are like trash but in a way that's meant to be endearing oh you call him bill nye <laughs> bill nye yeah hold on what hold on hold on that's not how you pronounce his last name, is it? Hold it's Nye, yeah. What? <laughs> Hold on. Is that going to be this episode's title? We're going to go from there's a Muppet named Gonzo to it's pronounced Nye. Is Bill Nye the silent science guy? They're not the same guy! I know! So you're doing it on purpose. No! his last, It's pronounced Nye! Hold on, I gotta get this fucking cast, man. I'm I'm derailing the podcast. Let's see. You don't have all the movies pulled up on IMDb ahead of time. 
Uh, I, oh shit, you're right. Nai. It's wild. In Letterboxd, they actually have the pronunciation of his last name. Yeah, no, so the only reason I know this is because I read a pronunciation guide that said it's pronounced Nye, and I was like, I've never heard anybody say that. And there's, it's because it's pronounced Nye with a British accent. So the E kind of double bounces. It's not a silent E. You know who I would double bounce? The the girl that you granted up with. Oh, Natalie? She, yeah. No, she... Mm. She's very mm. double bouncy. Mm. Bouncy. Setting up Die Hard, Jing All Away, and Go while reviewing Love Actually. But yeah, so I would say that this movie is more a Christmas movie than Jing, uh, Jingle Jangle is a Christmas movie. But I would say it is less a Christmas movie than like a lot of traditional Christmas movies. It'd be really funny if if you... When was the last time you saw an original Die Hard? Probably Thursday when I watch it for the first time. Okay. <laughs> Man. It'd be real funny if that movie has more Christmas spots in these movies. <laughs> I haven't watched I haven't watched Star back to back in I think a year maybe. I'm literally watching three completely new to me movies this week. Hey man. Like I've seen a lot of chunks of Jingle All the Way. Oh, that movie's so excellent. It's but so I've great. never Oh, well all the clips without context, uh pardon my French, suck shit. But uh <laughs> By your tongue. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping the addition of context will make a beautiful new cinematic experience. It'll make it'll make something all right. I can't so, wait. Is Phil Hartman for real trying to fuck the mom? Hey man, I'm not gonna do any spoilers on this here podcast, man. I'm gonna be drunk all week watching these, aren't I? I can't wait until you watch Go. <laughs> I haven't watched Go it's been at least a decade I don't think I've watched I haven't watched it since I've been 30 I have not watched Go since probably 25 so I don't even know how Go holds up in 2020 but that's when I cannot wait for you to watch that movie it's gonna be I, I know it's gonna be a fucking ride <laughs> So, yeah, I don't think this movie would have necessarily worked as well any other time of the year. Yeah. But. Well, no, holidays. It, other holidays. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, I don't, I don't know that for like the, the white Anglo-Saxon people, um, cause that's what this movie's about. Any holiday would have been quite as effective as Christmas because yeah. Christmas is really a showcase of, of every type of love whether that's familial, friendly, uh, romantic, or otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, that's, that's that on that, I guess. Um, Cat loves Robin. I did enjoy watching Booster get the shit kicked out of him, though. That was, Fuck Booster. I huh. completely forgot that happened. It was so funny. <laughs> Why do kids like sidekicks? I don't get it. Oh, I was a huge Robin kid growing up. I think Robin is cooler than Batman. Explain that theory. I mean, I don't know. He was like a kid and could do all the same things without his like tactical pants. <laughs> What's your favorite version of Robin? Uh, So probably like the original like classic like he's a little acrobat boy and his parents die um so that's technically like the dick grayson i guess but my favorite version of the dick grayson like character there's two that i would consider the best in my opinion uh one is uh the one in the lego batman movie i think it's hysterical uh, I know that's, like, kind of a cop-out answer, but, like, whatever. Um, and then uh, the other one is, like, the very, like, 
60s e like where they wear matching like smoking jackets and neckerchief like comic version okay um i just there's something very like wholesome about like bruce wayne finding the connection that he had with alfred and himself and a and a orphaned acrobat boy that he maybe just stole um unclear he, he may not have he may not have been adopted through strictly legal channels um hey it's, he's a fucking vigilante i mean batman don't play by the rules just yeah, the rules also, of capitalism the, yeah i was gonna say he's also the <laughs> richest man in town i bet he got turbo man good and early <laughs> alfred got it for him too. <laughs> yeah he paid his people to do it takes on timothy chalamet melissa mccarthy HBO Max and production companies. I, I would also just like to uh, give a shout out to uh, podcast potential favorite Timothy Chalamet uh, for wearing a the shirt for the production company for Dune that would be totally fucked by the HBO Max deal. Um, I would say that the jury is still out about how I personally feel about the HBO Max deal. It's also not directly touching my industry or my way of life. So I don't think that I will ever have the most informed opinion on that. Uh, But I appreciate him taking a very public stand for what he's into uh, and Uh, what he believes is correct here. So That was Melissa McCarthy. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's fucking. That's hilarious. one of two roles I've ever enjoyed her in. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> What's your other one? Bridesmaids. So oh, I fucking hate that movie. Like, Fuck that movie. Like it's. Uh, I hate that movie. I mean, what hate, else? hate might be underselling it. Um. But what else? What Saint else? Saint Vincent. She- I guess. Did you see that? No. What is it? It's an independent film that was uh, her and Bill Murray and a kid. And Bill Murray is their neighbor. And she's a nurse. And she's a single mother. And she's doing her best. And Bill Murray, who's like basically playing Bill Murray, has to like take care of the kid one day and they develop this weird like bond thing it's very it's very good it was a staple on flights for a while i saw it a lot um and she's like very good in that because she's actually like playing a character not like i'm funny and plus size but let's so what is Timothy's stance? I didn't hear his stance. Oh, his stance is like pro the artists and the people who are making the film and not the studio selling them up the river. I don't. So my thing is how most, most actors on these projects they don't get points on the package unless they've negotiated that. Right. But the studios do. The production companies do. But I'm but So he was wearing a shirt to support the production company who if Dune is released on HBO Max and fails in theaters is maybe won't be able to keep their lights on. Like remember Life of Pi? Yeah. That movie won a bunch of Oscars for visual effects, right? Uh, maybe. It did. While they were winning those Oscars, they were also shutting down the studio because the movie didn't make enough money. Oh, yeah, I remember that shit, yeah. Yeah. And, like, listen, I understand, like, pandemic, all bets are off. That's kind of why I haven't released, like, an official, like, thought process on the HBO Max thing. But, like... If it fucks a bunch of if it fucks the few working artists left out of house and home, that's not good either. Independent cinema has been not necessarily independent cinema, but I think the I think we've been very bombarded by movie studios thinking that they can only make money if they have 
grandiose IP. And so even movies like um, Portrait of Lady on Fire, you know, some along those lines, those type of movies, especially in San Antonio, they've all been relegated to one just independent movie theater out here. And so the Hollywood studios weren't really betting on those movies anyway. So now we are in kind of in danger of those movies really being steamrolled because of COVID. Yep. So. No, it's a super complex issue, by the way. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's just one way. Yeah. It's, it's COVID has exacerbated a lot of things that were on the way out. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just like, well, we just, it just, it magnified it. That said, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, it's probably Christmas Eve. Hey, hello. Um, go buy yourself if you have the money, or maybe take some of that take take some of that stimulus, uh, and buy a gift card for your local independent theater, or if it's a chain for your local chain that supports independent filmmaking. You know, wild shit is the movie theater that the movie theater that was down the street from my job. Uh, they def they definitely closed down. And one night yeah. I was driving by it. And it's typically all lit up or whatever, even if it's like midnight and they obviously closed, they would still be lit up. I drove by there and it was completely pitch dark and there's like deer like roaming in the parking lot now. It's uh pretty wow. fucking sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sad. Yeah. Um also like, I don't know. Consider renting a movie. A lot of independent theaters up here are that show movies are letting you rent films through them. They get a little bit of that money, honey. Um, You know, if you're like us and you value theater and, and movies and live music, see if you can find ways to give back to those communities because best case scenario, we get those back in September. And that's a long way from now. Yes, that's a long. Even though time doesn't mean anything anymore, yes, yeah, September's a long way away. Well, yes, but you see, it does for the banks. <laughs> well, touche. Ooh, man, six. What the fuck are we gonna do with six hundred dollars? <sighs> Stick it up your ass. Um. At Nell's dismount. Twenty twenty one fears. And like, I I am also uh, of the mind right now that I don't think this is going to get better enough. Everybody who was there that day needs a felony conviction toot sweet, but a fucking QAnon shaman is in his little cell eating his little organic Cheerios. Like he thinks he's at a med spa, like fuck off guy. Um, did you read a statement where he's like, I realized I was a shaman because shaman rhymes with anon? I can't read anything that human being he, talks about. He thinks it's pronounced shaman. Oh, like uh, Michael Jackson, shaman? I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> it, he's the QAnon shaman. Oh, man. Hey, potato, potato. Uh, uh, <laughs> Traitor or sedition. You don't want. Yeah. I I guess because so much has happened already in 2021 and like we're not even at the swearing in of Joe Biden yet, which was supposed to be the first big thing this year. I'm like terrified. Um, Matt, are you terrified? I just I I kind of see it as there's a tendency for people to think of years as like, all right, now that this one has ended, it's going to be completely different despite that. Like there's no basis for that. There's no real time. Isn't real basically is what I'm saying. And so the problems of of 2020 aren't going away just because there's another number at the end. But, but I turn my calendar the, the numbers are different now. It's January now. It's no longer December. It's January. Mathematically speaking, things should be different. 
I mean, they told me I just needed to get 2020 off of my calendar. That's what they told me. I was told by Apple Care I needed to get out of 2020. Would Apple lie to us? No. Well, of course not. They love us so much. Yeah. Please sell me another MacBook Pro, please. Yeah. Pod Ideas, Army Hammer, and Cable News. If you want to do a our takes on the Mandalorian episode, I'm super game. I would love to to do that as part of this. I don't know if that would be under this umbrella or if we need to start like a this, this weekend podcast. This weekend Star Wars. Will this... you be on Kellen and my Sex in the City podcast though? I mean. You guys need a producer, so you guys need someone to tell you the truth about Carrie Bradshaw. So, pot, pot in the cast. Um, basically, that sounds like a condom, but anyway, <laughs> or when you want a pod in her cast, not cast in her pod. Um, anyway, it, it just, that just sounds like there's going to be some involved, some. It just sounds like it's going to be some use of like a cement cast, and that should not have any, anything to do with sex. Oh, clearly you are not familiar with the concept of clone a willy, my friend. Um, I mean, I am, but it should not be cement. I mean, this is 2021. The only limitations are your mind. We do shame necrophiliacs on this podcast. Just a reminder for those of you listening at home, that is the I only mean, kink we shame. And um, Army Hammer. We are shaming Army Hammer on this podcast. I have been telling you for years, and now you are finally listening to me. <laughs> well, Necro's still on the board, but Army Hammer, yeah, we can, you know. If you are struggling with what what is Catherine talking about with Army Hammer, please go back and watch Monday, January 18th's episode of the Philip DeFranco show and start at about two minutes and 30 seconds because I am tired of explaining this to people. It is not my job. <laughs> You know the funny thing, you bring that up, like I I really am seeing, especially like the last couple of years, how people who don't live on the internet, like they miss a lot of this like random weird ass shit, man. And it's frustrating because I think that being mindful about the media that we consume means having to be obsessed with the internet. Yeah, I did I did read though. Um, there was a study, and I think it kind of published maybe this past weekend, that a majority of people are still getting their news from television, which to me, I have not done that since uh, the last decade. Like I, I can't anymore. I find TV news the most stressful type of news. And at the very beginning of this pandemic, Tiber, who we should also try to get, I could probably ask him. Maybe he'd listen to me. Um, anyway, Ty Burr of the Boston Globe uh, gave me a good piece of advice. And he said, you will survive this as long as you don't listen to cable news. Um, Jesus. Jesus. And uh, he's right. Where does Black Panther go from here? Let's like not forget that I have a feeling that Marvel is going to be a lot more gun shy to take a, a chance on Shuri now that Latita Wright has come out as anti-vax, anti-trans, uh, and like that was a wild ball. That was a fucking very ball. yeah. So I don't think she's going to be Black Panther now. So our like chance at at her getting to be a competent and complete character is kind of shot to shit. I mean, if they make Lupita Black Panther, I'm with the shits, boy. I just, I I think it should be the the other woman whose name I don't remember, who's the head of the guard. Oh, Okoye. That's my favorite yes. character in that movie. I love Okoye. I love Okoye as well. Uh, I think it should be her, personally. I mean, she she kicks enough ass to earn it, so I'm, I'm with the shits. Martin Scorsese and Edgar Wright takes. Um. Oh my god! Uh, I have. I think I've only watched Irishman twice. I and I never have. You watched it twice? Yeah, man. I'm a trooper. That's that's like one and a half more times than I've attentively watched it. Jesus! So you never even made it through. 
No, why would I? Because it was a good movie. It was fine. Jesus. Jesus. I mean, I, I think I may be willing to give it another shot, but I'd really much rather like go see it in a theater. Oh, no. It's, it's, there's better Scorsese movies you can see than The Irishman, to be very honest. Have you... So, what Scorsese movies have you watched? Let me see the list of which ones are those. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's directed 176 films. Oh, so... Man. She got some options then. Has it really been that many? Christ. Uh, maybe this is... Oh, sorry. My bad. Actor in 176. Director of uh, 58. Okay, yeah. I would say that's closer okay uh, I know you, you don't want to watch a taxi driver <laughs> I've seen Hugo I've seen Wolf of Wall Street oh uh, what was this movie I just watched it this year for the full well, last year I watched it for the first time uh fuck uh, have you ever seen After Hours? No. I think that would be a weird movie that you could probably dig. Yeah, I think I think the list I get... Oh, and The Last Waltz. Yeah, that's the list. Have you ever seen The Departed? No. Oh. I didn't see that out of spite. Because of Boston? Yes. Hilarious. Hilarious. I think you could... I wonder if you would fuck with Casino. I think Casino is, I think it's the, from. If I had to wager based on what I know, I probably fuck with Goodfellas, Shutter Island, The Departed, Casino, After Hours, and like, maybe, like, the the consensus on if I would enjoy Taxi Driver seems to be a resounding. Hell no. Eh. Hell no, you wouldn't enjoy it, no. Oh, did you enjoy uh, Joker? Well, no, because I knew it was ripping off Taxi Driver. Well, there you go. That's there you go. Taxi Driver mixed with King the King of Comedy. Comedy. Yeah, I please, please go How ahead and mansplain to that? me on my own fucking show. How many times have you heard that shit? How many times have I said that? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You're out of the family. Hilarious. I think stylistically, I think you will fuck with Casino. It's a beautifully well-made movie. It's Probably. Just, I Everything, there's a scene, I don't want to spoil it. There's a scene when uh, the over the voiceover says, Nikki Santoro is the new underboss of Las Vegas. From the opening, from the opening second of Casino to that scene, I think it's probably my favorite Scorsese. And it's like an hour and 15 minutes of just cocaine blasts of Vegas in the 60s or 70s. 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 If I'm like ever not exhausted from staring at screens all day ever again, which I probably never will be, uh, I will check it out. <laughs> uh, I think Scorsese would be a, a good episode because I... I'd be really interested to see your Scorsese takes. Matt, are you being the Scorsese at all? I, he's not my favorite. I mean, like, I think he's a good director. He's not, like, I, I wouldn't list him among my favorites. Um, but I, I've seen a handful of his films, and I've enjoyed them. So, Who would you say are your favorite directors? Uh, Edgar Wright. Um, I think I have a, I started writing down a list because I, every time someone asks me a question like this, I immediately forget. Oh, never mind. This was composers. Oh, um, yeah, I'm going to. Oh, so you haven't convinced, you haven't convinced Kat to watch Scott Pilgrim yet. That's what you're telling me. You're not successfully negotiated that contract yet. He's the one who got me the Not Your Manic Pixie Dream Girl t-shirt. Hilarious. I've read the graphic novels. I'm all set with Ramona Flowers. I mean, frankly, 
Scott Pilgrim is his worst movie. Also, Scott Pilgrim is you terrible. Is his character. Worst movie. Scott Pilgrim's a pedophile. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you trying to say that Scott Pilgrim is better than any of the Cornetto trilogy films? It's better than Baby Driver. It's, mm. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> Come I mean, on. okay, let's remove the fact that Baby Driver apparently stars two sexual assailants. Um, two? Who's? I know the first. Who's the second? Elvert. Yeah, Ansel Ansel Elgort. Uh, ooh, ooh, well, uh, well, I win the argument. <laughs> uh, let's let's cut that from the podcast though, because it's still alleged. Um, uh, I mean, if we say it's alleged, then we're fine. Yeah. Legally, you're good. Yeah, I Sean O'Dead was cool. I I barely remember Hot Fuzz, so I can't, I can't even. Hot Fuzz that. is the only one I've seen. Hot Fuzz, it's it's very very good. Um, I actually think I prefer it to Shaun of the Dead. Um, there, there are some more. It's there's very different, interesting shots. Like Shaun of the Dead has a lot of really cool, like one take long shots yeah. um, that sort of like repeat are repeated throughout the movie and show different things. Whereas Hot Fuzz, there's a lot of like really quick montage that is just incredibly well done um but like normally montages for like action sequences and stuff this is like there's a paperwork montage in hot fuzz (laughs) um and like it's just it i don't know i i could just gush about it for like half an hour but suffice it to say it's it makes the movie very enjoyable i liked it when i saw it five years ago Good take, cat. Good take. Oh man. Twenty twenty one goals. So, other than the movies, maybe I'll put this in the episode. Maybe not. What's something personal that we can that we're looking forward to in twenty twenty one? We'll we'll kick it off with you, Matt. First, uh, graduating. Bong bong. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. If you want me asking, what's what will be what will the degree officially be in? Uh, media studies. Um, yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to do with it, but um, I mean, it can kind of go into anything because you can't be a, any kind of company or organization and not have someone who knows about media. So there you go. Exactly. I can't hear that shit. But Matt, so is it your bachelor's you're finishing? Sorry? Your bachelor's? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I can hear it now. Hilarious. Well, definitely good luck, man. Thank you. Kat, what's something you're looking forward to for 2021? Come uh, on, there's one thing you can muster. I know that'll be one thing for this year. I mean, I haven't set a lot of personal goals because I have no idea what the lay of the actual landscape is going to be. Um, it's still early, yeah. It's still early. However, uh, my goal, in, in like the, my small, I will count this year as a success if I can see a movie outside of my house. <laughs> and if I can celebrate my birthday with my friends uh, without it being a public health risk. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of people who I really care about and I haven't been able to see uh, in any meaningful capacity in a really long time. And so I yeah. hope that this year I can spend some some good time with people I really care about. Uh, and that is kind of my my goal. Yeah. In person, but yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, I have not. I haven't seen my family since uh, Christmas of 2019. So um, I definitely, if I if I get vaccinated, and I know they've been vaccinated also maybe i may drive 
but where I live is it's literally a 24 hour drive. So um, I don't feel comfortable on planes. I don't think I will at least for another year, maybe even longer. Um, but hopefully I can, at least in the year, I can at least see them for Thanksgiving or something like that or for Christmas. Um, the one thing I'm doing this year, um, I'm doing this kind of crazy ass writing project. And I don't, I'm not going to get a lot of details on the recorded airline, uh, airwaves, but airlines, um, but uh, hopefully I can get that completed this, this year. I don't know when it will be finished, um, but hopefully I can get it done. But cat and also cat don't really don't feel bad about, I know you said like, you know, have like, you know, personal goals yet because everything is so crazy. Like, really don't feel bad about that because it's it's really hard to kind of tell like <laughs> next month let alone like the entire year yeah so really don't feel bad about that i yeah. i've got like a couple kind of small things that aren't really exciting i'd really like to be able to keep and hopefully grow in my job yeah uh and if possible i would love to if not travel by the end of this year have some good travel on the books for yeah. next year uh, because some of the, the people that I would like to go spend some quality time with are not necessarily United States based. Um, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully I'm able to, to make good on that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Fuck. I, I'd give, I'd give someone's nut to go to a beach, man. Not in America. Like I would give my own nut. I would give my good leg. Like. Oh, man. I, I really miss traveling, man. Like, the last, the last place I, like, well, I, the last place I went to was, like, a beach, but it was in Texas, so it doesn't fucking count. But, um, oh, my God. So, thinking, so, thinking of this, I was thinking of this. So, like, um. You know how everyone's everyone's whole thing now is I can't wait to get out of quarantine. Like I can't wait to do A, B, and C. But are people like if you were a couple in quarantine and let's say quarantine ends, do you think couples will be more into like traveling not with their partner? Because I'm kind of like we spent like eight months together. I need some distance. I need a while out with my friends. I may, you know, dip a little, you know, but I don't know, man. I, I think since quarantine ends, like, I think couples going to be wilding the fuck out, man. Yeah, I don't know. Um, my, my parents used to take separate vacations sometimes because my dad would want to go like do a cycling thing and go mountain biking and my mom would not. Yeah. And like, I think that as long as it's equal and the same expectations are shared across the board, I would not be surprised if we see a, a rise in separate vacations. Do you think there are going to be couples that have that honest conversation like, don't tell me what goes on. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would hope so. Uh, I would hope yeah. that it's clear, especially around like uh, sexual health practices, because let's not have another public health crisis, folks. Um, <laughs> Bro, these numbers, yo. Ugh. I don't want to be afraid to go outside because I might get gonorrhoeposyphilitis. All right. Um, Yo, as soon as quarantine ends, people gonna be acting big nuts, big nuts in the streets, literally and figuratively. Like it's gonna be wild, yo. I can see Cat Daydream with the wild shit she's trying to get into. <laughs> like- uh, honestly, I'm like. <laughs> kind of dissociating i'm just like oh god i'm gonna get assaulted so much oh no no cat well we are removing we're removing those vibes are are we yes did did everyone sit down with men during this and go okay so remember how how to not touch people like no 
Nah, yo, <laughs> we're gonna need men to have like, yo, we're on this vacation, dog. Like, you need to chill out. It's plenty of willing women. You don't need to go to the ones that are not willing, man. Like, hell yeah, twenty twenty one. We're finally having the conversation with our guy friends not to be dickheads. Okay, great. I I trust you to lead the charge on that and get the national movement started by the time we're out of lockup. Thanks for doing this. You're the best. Um, it's gonna start with Uncle Biden, <laughs> Uncle Joe. <laughs> it's gonna start with Uncle Joe. <laughs> I'm gonna get assaulted so much. Uh, we, we'll have you. We'll have a bodyguard for you. We'll have a 24-hour bodyguard, like literally. It's, it's gonna be like that. Uh. Uh. Whatever the the TikTok. What is that? It's a knife. No. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah, it's gonna get nuts. It's gonna be really nuts. Yeah. So, uh, just kidding. I'm I'm never going out again. Oh my God, cat. Tell you, it's gonna be mad married men in the DMs. Like, hey, cat. I need. I need. There's you. going <laughs> to be. Well. Influx is going to be an influx. Going to be an influx. Telling you, it's me. Big, big. You're not listening to me. There already is. I know. I know, cat. Cat, don't worry. You gotta start charging these guys, by the way. Just FYI. What am I supposed to do? Invoice them for taking up space in my life? I mean, this is America, baby. No, it's you just say, like, I'll send you nudes a hundred dollars. You have to send me the money first, though. No, then just don't. That's solicitation. Um, yeah, I would appreciate a tip. <laughs> Cat underscore any ad Venmo. Have you considered your wife? <laughs> no, they is never, they is never a lot. I, I employed at one point earlier this year, uh, I was like, you know, I'm like closer in age to your son than you, right? Jesus your son is Christ. eight. Christ almighty. So you're saying it's it's hard out here being a woman, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, cat. We're going to get you safe. We're going to make sure you're safe, God. Don't worry. Thank you so much for checking out this week's Deleted Scenes episode. Like I said before, next week, Kat and I will be returning with a special guest. And one of the deleted scenes that we had in this week's episode is going to foreshadow uh, something that me, Kat, and another special guest will be working on down the road. But until then... Take it easy. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S H O W I N M A D L O V on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at Cat and Marks and join our We Should Do This Again Sometime Facebook group. Be sure to read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and the Mark Rob, T H E M A R C R O B dot wordpress.com this podcast is executive produced by kellen conley and eric greenlee thanks for listening we should do this again sometime Cheer. this is a hyphen podcast production